2: You know, I've seen some strange things in my time as a Mansfield Town supporter. I didn't think it would get any better than Tyrone Thompson's own goal back in the conference days. And then Tuesday night happened... Absolutely nobody, apart from Clive, would have predicted that the Stags would have scored eight goals, let alone the nine that they finished up with. And even then, I don't think anybody would have predicted that Hiram Boteng would A, start, B, score a hat-trick, and C, get man of the match. And yet, here we are, praising our lord, our master, Hiram Boteng. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans, where we're reflecting on a mammoth 14 goals in the last three games. But it's just goes to prove, if you don't shoot, you don't score. As always, come and get involved in the comments on the live feed. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. where tonight, we're eating one hell of a dose of fumble pie, unless you Nick. More on that in a minute. The amount of times that I had to slap myself on Tuesday night at the full-time whistle, I'm sure there'll be a queue of people that will be willing to queue up and do it for me, uh, just to make sure that we did score nine goals and win 9-2 because it was a truly unbelievable rampant night at One Call Stadium where I think a few people on Twitter have sort of, I think there was a a weird post from someone on Twitter saying it was an element of luck, but uh, I don't think it was luck. It was an absolute masterclass on winning the ball back and getting shots on target. Joining me to reflect on all things nine goals and the four at Forest Green and the one against Notts County before that and all things Mansfield Town are our usual array of Stags fans who are in different camps this week. First of all, let's go to camp. Nearly had to buy the team of Nando's. Hi, Clive.
3: Hi Craig, hello everybody
2: We will come on to whether or not you do owe the team and Nando's later on in the show we'll debate that because that will it will take a series in fact it's item number one on my agenda we'll come back to that shortly though uh, and now to the man probably in the 1% of Stags fans who on Tuesday night when he saw the starting lineup, didn't go oh for <laughs> what are we doing starting him <sighs> Come on, Nick, gloat away.
4: Well, I, I nearly had to uh, to miss tonight because we had to call an emergency meeting at the uh, Boateng fan club. And as chair, um, we had to organise that. But, you know, it, it, uh, it worked, didn't it? Whatever <laughs> Mr Clough did, it
2: worked. <laughs> Nick said to us on the podcast after, we always sort of stay on for a couple of minutes after the, the show's finished. He said to us last week, Probably not going to be able to get on next week. I'm quite busy as it is uh, and I'm not going to Forest Green, so I don't think I'll be able to contribute much, which is fair enough. And then at full time, in fact, when the third goal went in, when Hiram Boateng's hat-trick went in, I messaged Nick and went, be a Thursday? And I just got back a thumbs up emoji. And I knew that the Hiram Boateng fan club would be out in equal measure. As always, get involved in the comments and have your say on your team. We'll come to them very shortly. But Clive, let's start, uh, you know, by first and foremost, accepting a dish of humble pie, but st- standing back and applauding what was a truly unforgettable game, an unforgettable night as a Mansfield Town supporter. They very rarely come along as frequently as, as they do. But last uh, on Tuesday, that will be one that will be remembered
3: forever. Yes, you've got to be a very old person to have seen anything quite uh, like that um, at Mansfield. Um, even I can't remember a nine-goal, uh, uh, nine goals for Stags in a game. But what about those two goals we conceded? What shockers. I mean, come on, what are we doing? For God's yeah. sake. It, it, there with... it didn't It didn't quite ruin it. <laughs> it, it, it. It was disappointing because they were very disappointing goals. But, but that aside, you can't. You can't reflect on that because we did something remarkable that very, very few teams have done uh, in the modern era, and um, you know it's it's certainly put our name on the map a bit to uh, uh, so those people who don't normally look at us. Because, as you said, in your opening, we've scored 14 goals in three games, and uh, this is the, this is from a team that hasn't been prolific goal scorers.
2: I mean, it, it's incredible, Nick. I mean, the only sort of net memory that I have of Mansfield sort of having a bit of a, uh, a a golden goal spell, if you like, is back in the conference days where we beat Barrow 8-1 on the Saturday. And I think then we went to Alfton in midweek and I think won 6-3 or something like that. That's the only sort of time that I can remember. But nine goals oh in one God. game is truly, truly incredible. And we'll come on to the, the bad three-minute spell in a little while, but let's revel in the glory for a little bit longer because... I think it is one that you know you'll grow up you know in, in years to come, your daughter will get older, you'll start taking her to stags, um, your grandkids will get older and you'll start start taking them to stags. and we go, I remember a day when I was sat here at One Core cool Stadium where we scored nine goals.
4: It was unbelievable. The guy, the guy who sits behind us. He's got bad knees, and he had to stop getting up because the, the goals were going that frequently that he just couldn't get up. I, it, I felt like we were celebrating every two minutes. I mean, I've had a sore throat since then. It's just about going, but it was. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it on the telly. I've never seen like it anywhere. And for it to be Mansfield, and and I think what makes it even better for me is that it was Harrogate. It was the third best away record in the league. You know, we didn't pummel a team bottom and low on confidence. And I think the one thing I said to my dad before the game started was that I'd much rather play Harrogate in this good form that they're in where they're a little bit more confident and maybe a little bit less likely to defend than if we played them if they were second bottom and hadn't won in eight rather than one, you know, unbeaten in eight. Um But we just, I don't know, we just started like a train. They literally had, there's only a few times in games where I've seen clubs not know how to play Mansfield. Notts County away was one of them. They just didn't know what hit them but harrogate just looked like they hadn't got a clue and we were just playing you know a youth team we were just every ball they were giving away we were pressing for some reason they decided not to press our center halves which was bizarre so they had all the freedom in the world and, and it was very strange but yeah, yeah i could have sat at, i could have sat in there all night and just looked at the scoreboard you know, I, I got home and couldn't
3: sleep. And how many times have you looked at the uh, the goals being scored on? Uh, oh, I've, watched, the it. I've watched
4: it. I've watched it from a, from the behind the goal camera. I've watched it without commentary. I've seen it with commentary. I saw it on BBC News. Sorry,
3: on- I mean, they were all special goals weren't they as well? Yeah, they were. There were. You, I mean, the the penalty, have, is is for, the penalty goals. started it all off, didn't it? But uh, and it was a penalty. Um,
4: yeah, well, I think the strange thing with that was that they. Picked the ball up, didn't they? Even I noticed it when I was there. I was like, "That's bizarre." We normally would celebrate in the corner. Literally, Aikens picked the ball up and just ran back to the halfway line. And I thought they've obviously—I they, mean, they sensed at the time, didn't they—that Harrogate were all over the shop. Um, and we it was were a bit
3: to have sussed them out, I thought at that point. But potentially, but, but they, well, like they it, didn't huh? have, and I think it's down to management naivety as much as anything. They didn't have a plan B. Yeah. They had no, no way. Of Once they were three goals down, they needed to do something radical and they didn't.
2: I've never no. known Harrogate get set up like that either. They're usually set up to be quite physical to try and sort of create two banks of four and block you off and stop you playing. And you know, have the little two-foot lad in midfield, Falkingham, is it? Who uh, Yeah,
4: they took him out, didn't they?
2: Yeah, he's been on the bench recently. Yeah, he's barely played for them. Uh, I very rarely call people out on this podcast either. Um, but I am going to do tonight. And I know a few others have on, on Twitter and it comes back to... Uh, what we were talking about that that word look. We'll come to more comments in a minute. Please do keep getting them coming in. I can see them flooding through. Um, this is a guy on Twitter, uh, Tom H Williams twenty at Tom H Williams twenty three, who I believe is a uh, also like uh, a Knox County fan as well. But I'm not going to take that on him. But it does basically uh, is a bit of an analyst and and does things as well. Uh, I think he does a podcast on Knox County or things like that as well. But basically. Um, he's put on Twitter this was a couple of days ago um, seeing comments about both Harrogate and MK Don suggesting the score lines were harsh on them that just shows what an important role luck can play in in a one-off game Mansfield deserves to win but would they score nine in If this game was played over and over, probably not. Well, I'm going to say, he did follow this up, by the way, saying, Mansfield fans, I'm taking nothing away from your performance. The word luck there isn't suggesting the goals are lucky because they aren't. I'm saying that one-off games can go several different ways. Being that clinical is unusual. And I get that he's he's backed it up and I I, I hold my hands up and sort of uh, applaud that. But I'm going to say this. If we played that game in those circumstances again and again and again and again, we would score nine goals every single time because of the way we pressed, the way we won the ball back, and then what we did with it in the final third, in and around the box, which was get shots off on a wet pitch, low and hard, putting them out of the reach of the goalkeeper. That is what Mansfield Town are all about at their best. They've been threatening to do it for week upon week upon week. Yes, nine goals is a bit of an abnormality, but I guarantee you this, if we played that game in those circumstances again and again and again, we would score nine. By the way, 1-0, thanks for six points so, so far this season. Nick? 100%. We,
4: we did everything that, that Mansfield are good at when we're at our best, which was pressing, shooting early. I think they saw the conditions because that, the goalkeeper, Belshoff, by all accounts, has been one of their best players, their best asset. He's, he's Very- turned their fortunes around completely, yet... You know, it, you could put anyone in that goal. It, the, the, we just, we've been crying out for us to shoot, haven't we, for a long time. Just saying on the edge of the box, if you get a chance or if you get a first-time shot away, just hit it early. And we did it so many times. But the pressing was fantastic. And some of our passes in the final third, I mean, I'm sure we'll get on to, you know, the King, Boateng himself later. But the amount of forward passes that we did, because I think we sensed there was a, a mauling on. And I think we sensed that. And the players sensed that from minute 10 or whenever the penalty was, or minute 8 or whatever. And we just passed the ball forward. And I think you're completely right to call out the luck comment. Of course, there's a bit of luck involved with anything, you know, the penalty or whatever the it could go the right way, whatever. You, but the performance wasn't about luck. It was just about we we pulled off everything that we've been threatening to do since August, which was give someone an absolute battering, which we haven't really done because you could argue Forest Green wasn't really a battering. It was the scoreline, but maybe not the performance. But that was a battering. We were, we were better than Harrogate in every single match-up 1-2-LM. We won every header, we won every tackle. You know, every single shot apart from a handful were on target. We tested the goalkeeper, you know, all of our corners seemed to land to a Mansfield. Everything for me was bang on. It was as good, close to a 10 out of 10 as you're going to get.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's delve into some comments. Um, Uh, Mark's kicked us off saying what an evening Martin says unbelievable Jeff Simon says good evening everyone no one can take Tuesday away from us let's not let it distract us from promotion the biggest threat to us getting promoted could be ourselves let's stay grounded and don't get carried away a fair point to uh, to touch upon Clive I know I'll probably be the one to say it later on again as well but uh, when you do win a game in those circumstances and then the league leaders lose, as Stockport did, and we go within one point of the top. It is very easy to take that threshold of expectation from there to right up there, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think it's not unreasonable now. I think we, sh- we shouldn't be uh, frightened of su- suggesting to ourselves that we could finish as champions because obviously Stockport have performed out so well so far this season, but they're losing games and w- in a way that we aren't. Um, and I think, you know, we need a bit of luck. But I have to say that the whole thing, uh, pr- automatic promotion is entirely in our hands. And the way we've been playing um, in the last three games, I don't think anybody wants to play us. And I think the interesting one will be on Saturday when we play uh, Walsall, because they are a team that's in transition by all accounts. Our favourite player not playing, by the way. Did you know?
4: Yeah. Injured, isn't he?
3: Yeah, somebody stood on his bottom lip. I think the uh, the uh, the problem is that uh, he would have no doubt, scored against us. But but I think it's going to be a very very interesting game. And the risk from the fans' point of view is we're getting too cocky too too early about it now because it looks like we've become automatics for everything that's going to happen. There's still a long way to go, but there should be nothing that je- that we're frightened of now.
2: I remember what Nigel Clough used to say to me week in, week out after a game. Before we uh, we, we press record on the microphone, um, he used to say, "It's just another game, one game at a time." He refused to look beyond the next game, and he was doing it actually on uh, Tuesday night. As much as he was sort of smiling and eager to talk about the joy of a nine-two, was. Yeah, but it means nothing on Saturday, does it? And he's absolutely spot on with what he says. Uh, Let's go back to some more comments. Keep them flooding in. Have your say on your team. Stag's chat says, Evening. What a game. We looked close-knit and got a great passing and in front of goal. Fantastic. Uh, Kieran says, Hey chaps, Kieran in Brighton here. My phone wouldn't stop beeping with the... Wrong one do one. i was trying to get the sensor on uh, with the uh, beep notifications as the goals went in it was awesome who needs cham- who needs champions league on a tuesday come on you stags phil says let's hope we get something saturday come on you stags mansfield till i die cathy we will definitely always remember that wonderful performance martin says swan is back which is great timing and i think we've got to praise williams coming in and being solid. When I didn't see Clark in the starting lineup after bagging the brakes at Forest Green, I thought, what's going on here? It's some squad Nigel has assembled, definitely stronger from the last two seasons. 15 to go, it's in our hands. And I think what Martin says there, Nick, is absolutely spot on. Um, we were all sort of saying the same. He scores a brace at Forest Green. We've not even spoken about Forest Green yet. Uh, and we're thinking, what's he done to get dropped? But it's all about squad rotation, getting those players' minutes, keeping the fittest squad on the pitch, tough turnaround, tough conditions. And like Martin has said there, we have got the squad where you can pick any 11 players from that squad and they're all capable of doing exactly the same thing, winning games.
4: Yeah, I for me, it takes the pressure off them a little bit. You know, when you make a couple of changes and you're not playing the same team, that expectation level drops a little bit from the fan base and we're only thinking, oh God, we've, you know we've maybe played a bit of a worse team than we could have. And then, you know, they, they proved all that they're all worthy players and they're the ones who came in. And even the ones who came off the bench, I've been quite critical of the subs this season, sometimes coming on and other teams, they make a massive dim difference. And we bring players on and they don't really make a massive difference. But you, know, you look at the players who came on at half time and although we conceded a couple of early goals after we scored, you know, they, like you say, it's the squad. You, you bring in any player here. we've We've never had such a, depth of squad where you could pick any of the eleven out and put anyone from the subs bench in and they're just as good, some if not better than the ones who have been playing. Um, and again, we've got I know next week we don't play the week after we've got a Tuesday and then the following Tuesday we play. So it's going to be critical but everyone's just got to accept he's going to change things about. And the opposition would have been expecting Clark as well. You've got to put that into play as well. Maybe they are expecting a certain lineup. Um, he played Hiram on the the right hand side to cut in on his left foot. There was obviously some thinking behind that somewhere. Maybe to do with the opposition and, you know, it, it worked a treat, didn't it? I think none of us expected, certainly Swan and Clark not to play, but it made absolutely no difference.
2: No, it certainly didn't. And both were unlucky, Clive, not to uh, not to start. But let's go to the start of that comment from Martin. Swan is back, which is great timing. He is, you know, we, as much as Hiram Boten gets the plaudits, Swan comes off the bench at half-time and nearly gets a hat-trick himself.
3: Yeah, he did what he needed to do. I mean, his first goal was a corker. And his awareness to tap the second of his goals in was was, uh, was very, very good. And it, of course, it culminated from a, a good string of passes as well. So I think he's, he deserves uh, some credit for that. And the lad's been in the wings. He's he's suffered a loss of form. He's had more than his share of injuries, it would seem. Um, and he, he will only benefit from a consistent run of games. Um, but I have to say this, and nobody's mentioned him a great deal, Lucas Aitkins' performance, very quietly, very dominant, and of course, he got a couple of goals himself. But he was very, very dominant. He was picking up all those horrible balls that people send at him, and and but more often than not, he was doing positive things with them. And I think, uh, you know, uh, he's been doing that all year without too much um, acclaim. And and it was it was not going to get much acclaim on Tuesday because of what was happening around him. But I thought he was he was splendid on the day.
4: He benefits, I think, from having somebody with him, doesn't he? Mass- he
3: does. He does. And I think he also, um, uh, he, he feels more liberated as well. I think that's a thing. Uh, on his own in recent weeks, he's, he's been trying to do too much because yeah. there's been nobody to send it off to. Um, and obviously, we've, we've got to find a, a pairing that works and they don't always work for every occasion. And I'm sure that man, uh, Clough and his management team will pick horses for courses.
2: This is a time announcement. The time is 19.51, a.k.a. nine to the hour. Yeah! 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 Thank you. Cheap gags all around here on the Match for Matters podcast. Right, Nick. <laughs> uh, it's time for the Hiram Bo-teng fan club to stand up, point at me, Clive, and every other fan that said Hiram Bo-teng should not start on Tuesday night and go you were wrong.
4: Absolutely. I, yeah. he, should, he I, lo, I love I the man. I love him. I, I watched him at MK Dons when he played there. I watched him in the playoff semi-final a few times and he was their best player and he's he's not at his opportunity and I think he's been, I've not quite worked out why he's been criticised yet more than others because, you know, if I was to compare him to the likes of Aaron Lewis, probably hasn't had a good game in four months. Same as Boateng, gets 15, 20 minutes here, there and everywhere. Doesn't really get the pace of the game. Um, But every time I think Boateng's come on, he's always looks calm on the ball. I think he keeps the ball. I think sometimes he gets a bit of criticism because he passes forward a lot and gives it away. But very rarely does he turn around and pass it backwards. He's always trying to run forwards. And to be honest, he does get a bit gangly sometimes, a bit Aikens-like, and the ball bounces off him and people go, oh God, he's lost it again. But I always think he's trying to go forward. Um, And he just needs, he needs like Swan, he needs game time, doesn't he? You can't, you can't just be played twenty minutes here and there and expect him to be up with the rest of of the play. Um, so I am accepting new memberships for the Boateng Fan Club, but I'm going to charge now. I mean, it was free before. It was yeah, free.
2: I'm just. I'm, ju- not.
3: I'm just going to wait a bit before I decide whether to join your club or not. Yeah,
2: me too. That's One
3: swallow doesn't make a summer. I mean, the, the lad has had his a little bit of pitch time, and when he's been on, he's not been very impressive. To be fair, he and I know sometimes. It's deceptive, a bit like we've been talking about uh, Lucas Aitkins. What he does isn't always spotted uh, or he hasn't given credit for. But he does look a bit lazy. You pick the point up that he passes forward. I want people to pass forward. There's too much play sideways passing in our game. Um, and he's got probably the best left foot in the in League Two. But unfortunately, he's got to get into position to use his left foot. And he, the, the, uh, in fairness to him, Tuesday night, he, he used that left foot with a aplomb. And uh, I'm not so sure he'll he'll get the same satisfaction against other teams, and that's where we've got to measure him against, I guess. Yeah. But uh, he's been a, he's been with us a while now, and he's, he's he, we were exp- we were hopeful, and I think we we're entitled for him to put in a performance at some point.
4: I just don't think he started enough, has he? I think that's my no, point. No, and I know last season I thought he played really well, but then he, the start of this season he just disappeared again.
3: And despite the fact that he's got the headlines from Tuesday night, I don't think he's an automatic first elevener. Going forward, I think we've got better better players than him.
2: He's not, but do you know what? If a producer's performance is like that, when he does get selected in the two other games that he'll start for the remainder of this season, then one what hell of a two games they will be. Uh, all joking aside, seriously, well done, Hiram, because we do talk on this podcast and we're all guilty of doing it as football fans. When a player doesn't perform in the five, ten minutes that they come on the pitch and they're not starting, we're all quick to go... Ah, well, they're not good enough anymore. We've got players who are better than them and all of that. And it all come down comes down to a mental attitude. And Nigel Clough said it in his post-match, actually, that Hiram Boateng was very, very close to moving on on deadline day. And we kept hold of him. And Boateng himself, after that move broke down or didn't go through, had a chat with Clough, sat down and said, right, I'm in, I'm in 100%. I'm going to work my socks off. I'm going to work hard and try and uh, get, the the team over the line and win promotion and give my all for Mansfield Town FC and that Nick is all you can ask for from any player attitude and application is all you can ask for
4: yeah um, I'm going to answer Phil's question first yes you can join Phil and you can join for free because you asked nicely Um, yeah it, it that's the thing you can you get these squads where you get because to be fair for the first time and I can ever remember going to Mansfield we've played a very similar 11 for a good few months where you could almost guess the 11 um, and it's really important that the subs don't get disheartened and I think Swan did for a while I think he had no confidence I think Boateng was the same um, but everyone who's coming on now looks hungry and Boateng's a, a, a shining example I think that You know, you can be criticised and you can get five minutes here and there. You know, and he even said in the interview himself, he didn't know when his next start was going to come. You know, I don't know when he was told he was playing on on Tuesday, but I assume from Clark's performance, he probably thought he wasn't going to do. And then he comes in and and delivers that. And obviously all the players clearly like him. They're very supportive of him um, from what I've seen on social media and and what you could see in the celebrations. Um, But that's what we need, isn't it? It's a real it looks a team game for me. You know, Flint waited at the end to clap them all off when he'd come off. Um, they just look a, a unit. They look like mates. They look like, you know, they enjoy working together and it's the first time in a while where, you know, we've always had a happy 11 because they're playing but the subs, you know, for years, always they just disappear and you don't see them and they just look like that. They're having fun and, and whenever I've ever spoke to any of the players or the management or you have, any, you always get the impression that they're, you know, they all get on well and that must start on the training ground and Clough's and obviously instilled in the players who aren't playing and it's a perfect example for them who aren't playing now to see Boateng come in and score a hat-trick and hopefully he does get his chance on Saturday. It just proves that you can play your way back in the team as
2: Swan's doing as well. Yeah, all you need is a good attitude. Get your head down and show that you're willing to to fight and willing to do the hard work and there is nothing more demoralising than seeing or more motivating actually than seeing other people playing your position and playing superbly well, it's one hell of a motivator tool and it just takes a good manager to keep that all in check and that is clearly what Nigel Clough has done because we've seen so many times in previous dressing rooms under previous managers time and time again where um, if players who have got the talent aren't playing, they and don't have the right attitude and it, it brings a side crashing down. I don't get that feeling at all with, with Nigel Clough and with the squad which we've um, assembled. Uh, by the way, on the Flint thing, does anybody see how Aidan Flint watched Lucas Akins' penalty? No. Apparently, there's a video going around on YouTube. Uh, apparently, he stood on the halfway line with his back to the, the goal in which we were shooting and put his head between his legs and looked sort of backwards underneath his legs, through his legs. He does it. It's on the. the there's a video clip going around. Do, uh, do go and find Did it. Can you do that, Clive?
3: Uh, I used to, but I fall over now when I do it. Well, at least, yeah, the
2: steward stopped him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's almost as funny as the uh, the Harrogate supporters bus uh, crashing into the road sign. But we'll uh, we'll move on to that. Um, also, Martin says he's done it with most penalties. I noticed that. Uh, well done, a very observant, Martin. Next time we've got a penalty, my eyes will not be on the goal; they'll be on Aidan Flint. Uh, right, uh, keep your comments coming in. Uh, Owen, our friendly uh, friend from uh, formerly of the Nando's Parish, where Clive, we we'll should be discussing that very shortly, indeed. And uh, of Clipston and. Various other charity walks. Make sure you post the link in the comments as well, Owen, for the uh, the latest charity thing that you're doing. Uh, he says, For the first time in many years, I could happily say our current squad is good enough to compete at League One. Um, just two comments came in there. Completely knocked it off my screen. Uh, but it's important that this year we get the job done and get up. I'm sure we all remember the heartbreaks we've had of the past especially Newport in the playoffs and Port Vale too. Definitely feels like the year for the Stags. Uh, Greg says, Prediction of Tuesday night goes to Alan Wilson. Spoke to Alan before kickoff and he predicted a Boateng hat-trick. Not sure he believed it would actually happen. Uh, and Sam says, I think Clark's very unlucky with how he misses out from week to week. He's been brilliant since the Stockport game with goals and assists. Gives everything every time he plays. Also with captaincy, not taking anything from Boteng's performance. There. Well, let's uh, stay on the subject of uh, predictions for a second and do excuse us while we have uh, an Inter-Mansfield Matters uh, debate. Uh, one word answer from you, Nick. Should Clive's uh, offer or... A bet of uh, Nando's for all of the Mansfield Matters team. If Mansfield Town were to score eight goals, stand. You've you've muted yourself. Couldn't hear a word then. What have you done?
4: Undoubtedly. Uh, There we uh, go. There you go. 100%.
2: Now, Clive, I know you're going to argue back because you, I think your words were, if we win 8-0, I'll treat everybody to, to a nandos, but we did score eight goals and we did win by a considerable margin. So I think you must, you need to foot at least 80% of the bill. Did we win 8-0? That's
1: semantics.
3: Did we score eight goals? Did we win 8-0, which was my forecast. If you want to utilise whatever... Leverage you seem to you seem to think you've got for me to pay for Nando's. I'll pay for Nando's. It's not a problem. But uh, you know, I don't think too highly of you for, for this sort of uh, uh, strange manipulation of the facts.
2: I mean, we'll clip that up. And where Clive says I will pay for Nando's and just play that on a constant loop because that's he- my ringtone now on my phone. <laughs> um, I think everybody in the comments should uh, should should vote between now and the end of the show. Let us know. Uh, Should Clive pay in full for all of the team, or contribute at least? Let's let's go.
3: Can I just can I just make one point? Go on. I'm a pensioner. Don't make bets that you can't keep. (laughs) I didn't make a bet. Listen, I forecasted a score, the score I forecasted was 8-0. You accepted my forecast, that's fine. If you believe because we've scored more than 8, I should buy the Nandos. And if that's the consensus amongst our crew and other people, of course I'll buy you Nandos.
2: Right, debate over, clip that up. We'll see you in Nandos uh, at the end of the season. Uh, Right, let's take a quick break. Then when we come back, we're going to talk all things Forest Green because believe it or not, we did score four goals and we nearly got my prediction of six had it not been for a Hiram Boateng miss in the in uh, in the in the Dianembers, it could have been five. It could have been so close. Oh, they were the days of Hiram, weren't they? Uh, keep your comments coming in. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans, and proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See
2: McDonald's.com. You're back for the Muntsville Mutters podcast with Nick of Muntsville Town Shirts fame, who hasn't changed his bio name to Nick president of the Hiram Boateng fan club.
4: I was so tempted.
2: I know, I know you were. And <laughs> who has been dandosed. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Right, uh, let's go back to a time prior to scoring nine goals at the One course Stadium. Uh, last Saturday afternoon where the Stags took on bottom of the league Forest Green Rovers, albeit under a um, a new manager and having a little bit of a resurgent. Um, it was a 4-0 scoreline, Nick, but it wasn't one in which you would say that Mansfield were as dominant as they were on uh, on Tuesday night. But again, it just goes to show: take your chances when they come.
4: Yeah, unfortunately, I'm, I'm judging that based off of what I saw rather than um, on TV, rather than being there um, or afterwards, should I say? But Absolutely. yeah, we we um, we like to say we were clinical again, weren't we? You know, if you second half of that game and, and the the Harrogate game, I've never seen us be so clinical. You know, every shot again was going in and I think a lot of it is we've, we've started shooting first time now, which seems like we weren't doing. We were taking too many touches. You know, you look at Swan's goal at Forest Green and he scored a very similar one where he swept it under the keeper. Um, we just, like you say, get it on target, have a shot. We weren't very dominant after we scored, um, you know, and they probably thought they deserved something out of the game somewhere. But for those last 25 minutes or whatever, we were... Um, we were very dominant, very clinical, which is not something that we've uh, been known for.
2: Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, one question I have got Clive is, has this resurgence in our goal scoring form been a coincidence or coincidence or not of the arrival of Tom Nichols?
3: I think it's coincidence. I just I th- say, I, th- I think he's, he's performed as well as you could have expected him to do, you know, straight away. Um, but I don't think his influence has been great I think he's, he's been contributory but I don't think he, I don't think it's been the, the the reasons we've we've picked those wins up he's taken two goals in two matches that's commendable uh, it was the scrappy goal on Tuesday but that was you know the way things were going of course and uh, I, I'm sure he'll get a, you know a handful more before the end of the season and I reckon we can build a forward line with him but I don't think it's, I think it's too soon to to give him too much credit at this point
2: I just need to credit Nick for creating a title which does just about fit underneath his video icon. So hold well, well on to Nick. Um, also, um, Nick, on that subject of Tom Nichols, you know, we've not really been able to speak about his early impact because Boteng, Swan, et cetera, et cetera. But Nichols' addition in there, for me, this is why I asked the question, I think has been a, a real key factor in that, is a player who moves very well, he's very aware of what's around him, he creates openings, he makes good unselfish passes, he's not afraid to take shots on either he gets shots in and around the box he's exactly what we've been looking for and i just think he's a, he's been able to drive Rolf swan on he's been able to drive lucas akins on and he just gives us that extra little bit of a a layer in our uh, attacking force going forward and it's it, it's refreshing to see
4: yeah the biggest compliment i've got that it took him about 20 minutes to settle is that it you know some some players take months um but, yeah, he's, he's been straight away. I think he takes the pressure off, like you say, off Swan and Aikens a little bit. Because when he's in and around the box, uh, I'm trying to ignore Clive's new title as Honourable Secretary of the Lucas Akins Fan Club. Albeit, I'm a member of that as well. So, I'll see you at the meeting next week. Um, but, you,
3: I'm, actually, what you do is in order to pay for the Nandos.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't paid last year's membership yet. Uh, there was only me there. Um, but... He just I think he just takes... Having someone else there who's immediately scoring goals has got to make life easier for Swan and Aikens because you automatically think, well, the pressure's not on me, is it? Because Nichols has come in and he starts scoring goals and the three of them will no doubt interchange between now and the end of the season. And if someone else is scoring, it just makes your life as a striker easy. It has to, doesn't it? We've been looking at the one consistent that Keeler Dunn scored all the way through but between it takes the nation and Nathan, Keyla
3: Dunn doesn't it now that's the point, point.
4: yeah you can play in Keyla Dunn's position so if he's getting tired they can swap them around that makes him interchangeable now was really there was only really Keelodon, maybe maris who could play there you've now got somebody else who can play there um and i think his movement along with all the movement of the, the front line against um against Harrogate, you look at the goals, there's so much space in their box. And when you sort of rewind the highlights a little bit, you see because there's so much movement in that box, they haven't got a clue who to mark. And it just leaves, like, you know, you look at the, the Keeler Dunn goal, Akins and Nichols aren't even in the box. He's just in there on his own because they've made the space for him. So, yeah. What's BBWA? I've no idea what that is. Thanks,
2: thanks Nick. I'm glad you asked. Uh, it is the Bring Back Wallace Association.
4: <laughs> well, you're going to struggle, aren't you? I like him, but you're going to struggle. I can't be a member of three clubs. I haven't got the money. <laughs> <laughs> For a I'm going to have to pick. Uh,
2: or any, before any of these Aikens fan clubs and Boateng fan clubs pops up.
4: proper. Assignment. I'll have to leave the Scott Flinders Association, which I've, you know, I've got <laughs> a, a car sticker on the back of my car.
2: Yeah, we'll have to return that, won't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to. <laughs> uh, keep your comments coming in, have your say on your team. Um, talking of, uh, of, of Nichols, Ross in the comments says, his assist to DKD was epic, could have gone for that himself. Um, it is one of those things, isn't it? Where, when you've got a hungry strike force, it just brings everybody together, and it just allows us to play with that little bit of uh, fluidity, um, and, and just strength going forward. And, I think one big thing about it, Clive, is having a fully firing Wolf Swan again, who's continuing to grow and grow in confidence. And he actually showed on Tuesday night that his confidence in being dropped again wasn't knocked in the slightest. It actually helped him because he went, well, if you're going to bench me, this is what I'm going to do when I come off the bench. But it allows that fluidity within that attacking four. You can rest DKD, you can rest Lucas Aikens, you can rest Will Swan, you can rest Nichols, you can play about with it in any way, shape or form, and still have an ace everywhere you turn.
3: Yeah, and it's it's worth reflecting that in the not-too-distant past, we were dependent on beep-beep for our goals. and uh, And then this year, we've been getting nearly all of our goals through DKD. And that's risky, isn't it? Because they can lose form and get injured as we know one is prone to do. And and it just means that we've got variety now. And then and, and Clough has the luxury of being able to perm two from three every week. And uh, that has got to be better, isn't it? And everybody was bleeding for a striker in the window. And we've got nickels. And that satisfies that. And it's and, and Clough's been absolutely spot on during this January window, not to overreact, not to react too badly because of Flint's injury. I think we've got, a t- we, as was mentioned earlier, we've got a team with absolutely positive team spirit. And there's always a risk when you bring someone in mid-season that takes something away from that. So yeah. I'm perfectly happy with the squad we've got. We've never, in the in the era of lots of subs on benches, we've never had a better bench than we've got now. And I don't think there's a team in our league got a better bench than we've got.
2: Truly, truly incredible. As Ross says, swapping forwards when he did, kept that fire burning, never needed, slash, slash had this uh, before. And it is really, really uh, pleasing uh, to, uh, to see. Uh, one question, let's go back to... Um, the oh, and he also said, I'm also a member of the Floating Swan Association. So many associations flying about. Uh, the only um, the only associ- association we need is the Mansfield Matters Association, um, with regular yearly meetings held at Nando's, paid for on every year by every single member of the, the team uh, on a yearly annual basis. Clive's turn is this year, um, it will probably be Nathan's turn next year then Nick's, then Cam's, then Jim's, um, then Allen's, and and then probably mine in like seven years. That's how it works, guys, right?
3: Unbelievable. I'm saying nothing on this. Shocking.
2: Absolutely shocking. Right, let's turn our attentions to events off the pitch because we've got some exciting news to share with you. Now, weeks ago, we heard uh, that our Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame and... Chairman of the Hiram Boateng Fan Club um, is putting on an event at the Mansfield Museum's uh, History of Football exhibition, which is going to be taking place in a few months' time. We're going to be doing a couple of podcasts from it as well. We've got a very special announcement about that coming soon. So announcement number one, let's uh, hear it for, let's hand over rather to our friend Nick of Mansfield Town shirts fame and chairman of the Hiram Boateng Fan Club.
4: I do wear a special robe for those meetings. So if you want to, you know, if you want to attend those, you're more than welcome. Um, Yeah. It's not the jacket that Clive sent in the chat either. Um, Yeah. I've got another event. So thank you very much. I, I had no idea how many tickets there were. So when she said it was sold out, I had no idea whether that was 10 or like 110. I had no idea, but it's 40. So thank you to the 40 people who are coming. And there's another one on the 8th of May. So the first one is two days before the last game of the season. So that either could be a, lovely night of warmth and joy and celebration or a night of despair. I don't know one or the other, but the other one's on the 8th of May. So if you go onto the Facebook group, the Mansfield Town Shirts one, click on that um, and then you can get tickets for the 8th of May, which is free, free of charge for an evening of me waffling about polyester.
2: Can't wait. Really looking forward to it. I have to hold my hands up and uh, said that I'd got a ticket for the original event and I hadn't because I intended to book it when I got home. By the time I went to book it, they had sold out but i am going to the original night because i've had a, i've got friends in high places so i'm coming to the original night and i'll be there at the second night as well um because uh, you know we all support each other and things like that and of course one thing we get asked quite regularly here on Mansfield matters is when are you bringing back stag stories of course the series where we interview ex-players ex-managers about their time at mansfield town the last time we did one was at one core stadium uh, when we're all in the room together with Stuart Watkiss, Andy White and Neil Richardson talking about the uh, amber generation of the early noughties. Well, I can confirm that we're going to be back for a special Stags Stories Live on Sunday, the 28th of April at Mansfield Museum. Guest to be announced. We've got uh, some exciting plans in the pipeline. We've just got a number of names that we're waiting for just to give us the, uh, the full OK that they can attend. Uh, on the night itself. It's going to start at 6pm on Sunday, the 28th of April. Uh, There is a slight charge for the tickets. This is just to cover staffing costs on the night because it's going to be a a Sunday, which is uh, the only real day that we can get players to come down and attend. So it's a, a fiver for tickets, but it goes to uh, to a great cause in, in the support in Mansfield Museum. So please do come along. The link that you need for the tickets is in the description. We'll also put Nick's link to the second event in the description in next week's podcast as well for you. So make sure you uh, come along to that. Uh, me and Nick are working very, very hard behind the scenes on trying to secure some top name guests for that because his contact book when it comes to uh, ex-players and shirts, Is getting vaster and vaster than what mine is nowadays. Uh, So make sure you come along for that because we've got some exciting uh, plans for that. So a live event in front of an audience. You guys are welcome. Uh, I think there'll be around 40-ish tickets or so for the night. So a nice, small, intimate one. Stag Stories Live, Sunday the 28th of April, 6pm at Mansfield Museum as part of their football exhibition. And there's some great events taking place throughout the entire exhibition. Uh, so please do support it we'll also be doing a uh, one of our regular podcasts live from there to officially open uh the exhibition in a few months time as well so please do come along to that should be a great night Nick shouldn't it we've we've uh, got a few messages to, uh, waiting to uh, drop back in our inbox from a few players we've got some exciting names lined up we can't say who just yet but these stag stories always go down well don't they
4: yeah, it's. Got, I mean, it's not very often you you hear from some of the ex players because a lot of them disappear off social media, don't they? A lot of them, and you don't hear from them. So it's nice to, especially some of the previous ones. Uh, the promotion ones were great, and I'm not sure. Clive suggested Richard Narty. <laughs> I'm not quite sure he'll be available that that evening, Clive. And I don't think a venue of 40 is enough. No, Richard, not, you
3: know. Richard Narty, I have a very, very good authority. Does not like Nando's
4: is it not well, no, all
3: it won't cost me much
4: you, you know what? Like Taylor Swift has Swifties you will upset the Narties. <laughs> so just, <laughs> just just be aware that you know when you leave your house in the morning there's 50 angry people with number 5 Salford shirts on just you know just be careful but yeah it should be a great night I think the exhibition as a whole It's going to be great. I'm going to go down there hopefully soon to have a look at the venue because I've got no idea what the setup's like there, so I need to have a look at that. Me and you are going to have a catch-up, aren't we, as well? So, yeah, it should be really good, and obviously I would like people to go. I think there's a history of the club as well, which I think I'm going to go along to with Paul. So, yeah, it looks really good, actually, from speaking to them. It seems to be very well-organised and involving a lot of local people, which is great.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I was fortunate enough to get a bit of a, a look uh, what's going to be uh, planned at the very, very start. I think it was back in sort of uh, September, October time uh, when it was first funded. I was invited along by Kirsty at the museum to uh, have a little look at the space and everything. And honestly, what they've got planned, some of the um, the exhibitions, they've got a, a lovely hand-painted Nottinghamshire replica sort of Tabucho-style football pitch with one stand as Stags, one as Knox County, one as uh, orange oh, uh, it looks amazing. There's going to be some great stuff down there, so do go along and support it. And best of all, the majority of it is going to be uh, free uh, as well. So, yeah, snap up those tickets, come along uh, and join us, and we will look forward to, uh, hopefully, we were hoping to announce the, the guest tonight, but we haven't had the message back yet to to confirm, but hopefully we'll be able to announce uh, a guest, the first of a guest anyway, uh, on next week's show. Clive, I'm sure you'll remember the uh, the last uh, Stag Stories Live event that we did uh, A couple of years ago uh, now, it was a a fantastic night. It's always great, isn't it, to uh, to hear those stories of of former players and former managers of of yesteryear.
3: It is, and I think it's good for fans that have not been fans for that long to connect with some of the older players from previous... Generations as well, because uh, I mean, I, I I my recall reaches way back, and, and there's bits in the middle I forget. And one of the, I'm at the age we're now, I can remember everything from the 1970s, but very little from last fortnight a fortnight ago. But we, I have to say, last time we went, I spoke to people in the in the audience, and they were very pleased to have that connection that you don't get on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's really what um, we should be doing as part of the media environment is to connect people to things that they enjoy. And uh, if I'm critical of the club at the moment, and it's very difficult to be too critical, um, is they're not doing anything themselves, they're not doing anything themselves to connect with the fans. They're supposed to have, I believe, um, at least one, probably two fan-facing events each year. Well, we've not had one so far and the time's running out. So if if we can do anything to to uh, to penetrate that, that uh, demise then we should do. I'd like to think the club would embrace what we're doing, if, if I'm being honest, but uh, perhaps we're just a bit too risky for them.
2: Well, I've said it before and said it again, if uh, Nigel Clough wanted to come on the podcast or the Rod- or the Radfords, we've got an ideal opportunity to do it towards the end of the season when uh, there's a football <laughs> exhibition in the town. An evening with Nigel Clough, I'm sure would sell out uh, not as quick as Nick's shirt events did, but uh, three o'clock sold, sold out by three get,
3: get Nigel Clough to model some shirts
2: <laughs> I'm sure he's got a fair few of his old ones in in, in the collection uh, Nick give us a little bit of a teaser then about uh, the shirts event if you started planning it out in yet in, in your head yet have you got any special ones which uh, uh which which spring to mind which which we haven't quite seen yet I'm sure you're, you're busy bubbling away
4: yeah I've got a few to be honest I've got so many ideas of various things that I'm trying to Start at the same time. Um, that I end, You end up just planning loads and doing nothing. But yeah, I, I've had to think about the what I want to get out of the night and and hopefully it's you know to go through the history of the the recent history of the club, some of the older shirts, um, bringing along some of the shirts and letting people have a feel of them and have a look and see them up close because a lot of the you know the older shirts people don't even have themselves as replicas. So it'll be nice for people to see them and and hopefully bring back some good memories of. You know, players they've forgot about, and shirts they've forgot about, and and stories of how on earth I met who I met in a airport car park. Steve Wilkinson, um, you know, and and who I've met at the uh, the hotel just opposite Macarthur Glen, which was Louis Briscoe. So you know, all sort random stuff like that.
2: Love it. Can't wait. Really looking forward to it. Get your tickets. Uh, the link for Nick's event is uh, in the Mansfield Town Shirts Facebook group. We it's will put it on this podcast. We will put it in the description. And the link to you. our event is in there, is down there as well. Please do a go along. It's free for Nick's event. £5 charge for hours just to cover staffing costs. But we can promise you a stellar lineup of guests. Really looking forward to both events. Right. Talking about historical events. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? Right. for Tuesday night's game, Clive predicted an 8-0 win. Outlandish, some thought. And then we won 9-2. Nick was much more reserved. Very much so. Did you not go for a draw?
4: I went for a 1-1 draw. Yeah. You were nearly right. With, with, with hindsight, that was a poor move.
2: Yeah it certainly was Uh, and with that hindsight you're going to go first because you're currently second in the Mansfield Matters table Alan is top on 84 then it's Nick on 72 then Clive on 70 I'm next with 64 Cam then on 41 Jim on 30 and then Nathan propping up the rear with uh, 12 points. Uh, in terms of the top three in the general table, Steve Nadine leads the way on 1 1 1. Nick Felton still stuck on 100. And Ben Swain closing down that uh, 100 point mark with 95. Right, Nick, Warsaw on Saturday, 16th place, one win in their last six games. What are we going to do on Saturday? <laughs> be after the Lord May's show, or is it going to be more Boteng Beauties?
4: I am predicting, although historically we don't, do, we, don't seem, apart from Akaton, we don't do well against teams playing in red, but I'm going to go for 2-0 stacks.
2: Man of the match? Clark.
3: Clive, you're up next. Well, I'm going to have to be careful now because it's it's getting expensive. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm still very, very confident we'll do well at Walsall. So I'm going to say Walsall will score one. The Stags will score five. And man of the match, Lucas Aitkins. Now, uh, I can, before I go on, shout out for uh, for Paul Biestel. I saw him on, on the way out of the game. He's asked me to say hello to Donna. Hello, Donna. Have a good birthday.
2: I am going to uh, also say that our goal scoring uh, golden spell will continue. I'm not going to go 5-1, but I'm going to go a, a four goal buffer. With a 4-0 win, Uh, man of the match, I'm going to give it to Will Swan. As always, if you want to get involved in podcast predictions, you can do so via the link in the description. Can the Stags continue their goal-scoring and winning exploits and maybe even go top of the league? Right, that's all we've got time for on tonight's Monthsville Matters podcast. It's been an truly incredible week. Four goals at Forest Green Rovers, backed up by a 9-2 win. Yes, 9-2 win over Harrogate at OneCourth Stadium on Tuesday night. 14 goals in the last three games for the Stags. If you go back to that 1-0 win over Knox County, which we do, which just goes to prove if you don't shoot, you won't score. Can the Stags continue that at Warsaw? Let's hope they can. As always, if you want to get involved in podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description, as is the link for our live show as part of the Football Exhibition at Mansfield Museum. Make sure you go and check out Nick's link as well. And make sure you follow us on all things social media to find out when we're next going to be live. Will we be back here next week talking about the stakes being top of the league? Or is that one step too far? As always, we'll continue to follow the journey here on the Mansfield Matters podcast. Why? Because regardless of whether we score 9, 4 or don't even score at all, we will continue to follow the journey because Mansfield always matters. King Haram, this one. It's for you. Well done, sir.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.